Not muting your mic is the new reply all. Danny Berger. I'm Blakely Thomas Aguilar, and this is Pop Culture Tech, an original podcast brought to you by VMware. From memes to Saturday night parodies to just our everyday reality, hashtag Zoom life became a viral pop culture tech phenomenon during the lockdowns of 2020 and 2021. And in this episode, I am thrilled to welcome Harry Mosley, global CIO of Zoom, the company that became synonymous with virtual communications during the pandemic. But first, let's talk about how the ability to work outside the office isn't even new. In fact, telecommuting has been around for literally decades. So how did we go from a select few flexible workers on the fringe of business to 80% of enterprises having to accelerate the remote work strategy because of the pandemic? Let's hear from Laurel Fair, remote work strategist, founder, and CEO of Distribute Consulting. So there was a very, very small community of teleworking and telecommuting in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that really started the concept of we don't need to work in an office um, that enabled us to work from other locations. Now, most of those were work from home employees. Um, However, what has really come to pass in the past five to 10 to 15 years is the transition of enabling mobile workforces, not just work from home, you know, or a specific location where you have a tethered, um, a a tethered ethernet connection and you've got, you know, the, the um, dial up internet, like we had way back when it is, a very, very different concept of not only can you work from a different location, but you can work from any location. And of course, that's been enabled by mobile technology and um, and cloud-based uh, infrastructures. So um, that is the conversation where remote work came from, is that we can do this remotely. We can do this anywhere. And there was a lot of language that was floating around, like boundaryless and officeless and remote and virtual and distributed. What we do know fundamentally as an industry is that now the rates of acceptance and growth of remote work are so high that... Uh, this will very, very soon be the majority of the workforce in developed countries. Over 50% of workers within the next five years will have access to workplace flexibility of one type or another, um, at least part-time. And because of that, the term remote work will cease to exist. Very soon, remote work will just be work because it will be the majority and it will be the standard. So if remote work's been around as a concept and a capability for so long, why hasn't it been a widely accepted practice? And did the pandemic change the way leaders and businesses see the possibilities? 
The pandemic really accelerated the growth and acceptance of remote work by about a decade in the span of just two weeks. Um, we knew that 2020 was going to be a big year for remote work. Uh, we There were there's plenty of statistics and growth rates to suggest that it was going to really hit a, a new high and be much more globally accepted by workforces around the world as a conversation and as a viable option for credible professionals. However, that conversation was still happening at the workforce level. Now, the greatest barrier to success and the biggest obstacle of sustainable adoption of remote work, especially in larger businesses or even mid-sized businesses, is leadership. 100%. It is absolutely, historically has been so difficult to get mid-level managers, department managers, directors, and executives to really consider the viability of remote work as a sustainable and credible option for the majority of their workforce. So they're willing to consider it for high turnover rate positions like customer service departments and things like that. But when it starts to get into departments that are much, much closer to them, their immediate teams of direct reports um, or even their own positions, we start to rely on our own experiences to determine whether or not that's viable. And because all of us grew our careers in co-located environments, it's very hard to imagine how that would work. It re does require a lot of innovation and critical thinking and creativity in order to adapt workflows and processes. And so most managers think, oh, I just, I don't understand how that's going to work. It's so different than everything that I know and that's familiar to me. So no, I don't think it's a good idea. So what happened with the pandemic is that all of that resistance and all of that doubt in the credibility of remote work really got eliminated as all of the managers and executives of every single business in every single industry really had to experience remote work all at the same time. And so that pushed them into a trial phase where they were able to experience it um, in their teams and see that their teams were able to stay productive. So it really gave them the proof that they were looking for and the evidence that they needed to, to prove viability of this as a concept and, and an operational model. Companies were able to maintain this for an entire year, which really busted all of the myths and all of their doubts and worries. And so now it's just a matter of, do we want to keep doing what we already have been? Now, let's talk about the tech. Here's Harry Mosley of Zoom on how the company's offerings turned into business critical services for companies, schools, governments, and more at the onset of the 2020 pandemic. You know, sort of uh, work is something we do. The way I characterize this, I used to say to my wife, I'm going to work now. I was actually lying to her because I was going to the office now. 
and then I was going to work. And so work is something we do, the office is a place. And so enterprises are now rethinking, what is the purpose of the office? I believe it's going to be a hybrid model. The challenge is how do you bring people back to the office in a way that is inclusive, like we've experienced the last 14 months, where we can collaborate like we have, that it's safe and that it's exciting. There has to be something at the office to draw people in other than being able to do work. Zoom didn't enable the scale and value of its services overnight. Years worth of innovation laid the groundwork. And part of that innovation is in its culture and business philosophy. You know, it sort of goes back to uh, the five principles that Eric Yuan, our CEO and founder, um, established when he uh, founded Zoom a little over 10 years ago. So number one is ease of use. And, you know, there's a reason everybody says, you know, Zoom, it just works. You know, we have six-year-olds and 96-year-olds using the platform. So it's really simple, you know, platform agnostic, right? Two is, you know, sort of incredible reliability. You don't want to click on that link and like have it stutter, have it fail, et cetera. So you need that incredible reliability, that incredible resilience. Uh, otherwise, you know, People are going to get nervous. I mean, I used to sort of log on five minutes before the meeting. On Zoom, you don't need to do that. Meetings at 10 o'clock, click the link, you're in, you know, boom. You know, three was innovation at speed and scale. It's kind of like, look at all the innovations that Zoom has come out with. We've been the first in many of them uh, and uh, are going to continue on that. And um, we'll come to one innovation uh, in uh, a little bit later that we're working on, which is really cool. The fourth was all about pricing. It's kind of like, you know, as I say, it's like it's the price of a cup of coffee once a week, retail. And then in the enterprise, it's even less than that. So, you know, very, very economical. Um, and then fifth is privacy and security. And by many standards, we're now regarded by many CISOs, global CISOs in the world as being the most secure platform. So we're very proud of those principles and how far we are leading the pack in all of them. Regardless of where we do our jobs, we want to feel included and valued by our companies, our peers, and our communities. Here's how Zoom is innovating for the future of work. You know, what we've experienced over the last 14, 15 months now is, uh, is this democratization, is, you know, the ability to include people. We have people who you know, we connect, so it's like it's a very inclusive. Uh, what's even more common people talk about is like, you know, everybody's head is the same size. So there's no seniority at the table anymore. No one's sitting at the top. No, it's kind of like, no, there's no seating order. We can move people around it. So the question is, when we go back to the office, how do we maintain maintain this because I'm looking at you, I'm speaking to you, I can see you nodding. Those nonverbal cues are super important. I mean, if I turn it off, I can't, it's like, you know, the, the day of like phone calls are fine if you're doing a restaurant reservation, but if you're trying to com communicate for a business purpose, you want that, you want to see the nonverbal cues. I want to be able to see that Stephen is also nodding and things like that. And so the, the challenge with the hybrid model is you're going to have people in the office and you're going to have people who are, as I say, at WFA working from anywhere. They're not necessarily working from home. So how do you, how do you maintain that experience uh, when people are 
partially in the office or partially not. So we're introducing Smart Gallery and super excited about this. This is leveraging artificial intelligence. And what it will do is uh, the peep. So if you imagine three people in the room, they'll see three tiles and then you can use things like immersive views and stuff like that. So really cool. So you'll see the three tiles of the people who are anywhere. What the other people will see on the other end is um, is the three people, they'll see the other two people who are also working from anywhere, they'll see the three people who are in the room coming as three individuals. So I would have five tiles on the screen and we're using artificial intelligence, not to identify who they are, but to identify here's three people and then have them stream out as, as three separate streams. So you can continue to experience those non-verbal cues. And um, we did a demo yesterday just for fun uh, with one of our clients on some pilot software. And he put up a picture of his kids and him and actually worked with the picture too. So that was kind of like fun. Our vision is all about how can we make the virtual experience as good, if not better than the in-person experience. So we're working really hard at that. So what does all this mean for the future of work? Will fully remote or hybrid work become the new normal? Or will our work lives fall back into pre-pandemic office-bound homeostasis? Let's hear again from Laurel Fair. The new way of work is not remote work. Contrary to everybody's belief that it's we're saying, oh, remote work is the new normal. And that's not necessarily true. What is true is that the impacts of remote work have taught us that there is now a way to do business better, that we didn't have to work in the exact same way at the exact same place at the exact same time that we always have been. It enabled us to break habits and to think about new ways of working. So the new normal is going to be less about location, about who's working on site and who's working off site. And it's going to be more about how are we working? Are we working with trust and empathy? Are we working with asynchronous communication channels? Are we working in a way that enables people to be more human at work? Are we working with more alignment and shared values? That's what the future of work is going to be. It's about working in a different way, not in a different place. I think there's only two things that could double the world's GDP in my lifetime. One is artificial intelligence. The other is the mass proliferation of remote work. By just giving people an internet connection, you allow people to inject innovation and ideas into companies. That is immensely powerful. Darren Murph, head of remote work at GitLab. I'm Blakely Thomas Aguilar, and this is Pop Culture Tech. Our podcast is brought to you by VMware, the software that powers the world's complex digital infrastructure. Learn more at VMware.com. Have any questions about today's episode or want to share your favorite remote work meme? Follow me at Blakely Ags and use hashtag Pop Culture Tech. Until next time.